The Shepherd in the Shrink podcast can only happen with your support. Please go to patreon.com, search for the Shepherd in the Shrink podcast and find all kinds of cool stuff that we have in store for you. The Bible has 365 times that it mentions fear not or something of that ilk. And I thought, oh, wow, okay, God is really behind us losing our anxiety. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Hey, Marty, let's go. How are you? I'm doing great, Matt, but I bet you're doing even better. Where you been? Yeah, I was down in Florida for nine days and had just a great time. My wife and I were down there and it just was terrific to get a change of scenery, which I would recommend not Florida, but a change of scenery for anybody mm-hmm. these days. You know, a word that that as we're thinking about today's topic and topics in general that I would love to combat is the word futility, that we just get stuck, that we think this is all there is. It's not going to get any better. And one of the things I've loved about the Shepherd and Shrink podcasts, and, and I'm so grateful that there's some people supporting it and we're hoping for even more, is that we get a chance to combat futility, but I don't want to just give knowledge to people. I want to give new opportunities to people as they start reflecting spiritually on where they are and mentally and relationally on where they are. It's all so connected. That's how you and I got this whole thing started is we realized what an incredible, it's not a science versus religion mm-hmm. kind of a thing at all. And we've got some guests that you've invited that I'm really, really encouraged by um, their story. Yeah, they're launching a great product called Shrink in the Box. So why don't we bring them on? We have Cindy Davis and Renee Thompson. Welcome. Thank you. I'm Cindy. That's what my voice sounds like. I'm Renee. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Well, tell us a story, man. It's It's a great story. I was reading about you. What is Shrink in the Box? It's not you, is it, Marty? (laughs) <laughs> Marty's in the box. <laughs> uh, no, not me. Kind of. I mean, this. I'm in a room that's boxy. Well, we started. You want to know how we started coming up with having an anti-anxiety kit? Yeah. Why? Why now? You know, where'd the idea come from? Well, I personally needed one myself. So that was the origin of all of this. So I've gone through two really big, fat whopping mental health crises And I had a therapist say to me one time when I was in the throes of anxiety, you need to put together an anti-anxiety kit. And I thought, oh my gosh, how does this therapist not know that I can barely get in the shower, let alone put put a sophisticated kit together? So once I recovered, I thought, okay, I'm gonna put one together and then other people started to want them. So that's sort of the origin of all of it. Right, and now anxiety, like everybody has had some type of anxiety, but what was it like for you? I want people to understand like what is, who's your customer, right? Like you'd be feeling what, what is anxiety? Everybody, like I said, you know, has has felt it, but you know, what is it, what's happening when we have anxiety? What was your experience? Yeah, well, I think our customer is both somebody who has minor anxiety and severe, and I've had them both. And the difference is startling. There's a big line you seem to cross where you suddenly can't function in your normal life. So for me, I had horrible physical symptoms. So I felt like my skin was on fire. It was just like I had been in the sun for 10 days straight. Felt like my skin was peeling off all the time, 24 hours a day. I sort of felt like uh, what you would feel if you thought you were in an airplane and it was crashing. Mm -hmm. I felt that all day long. It was just this hyper rush of adrenaline and I couldn't taste properly. Everything tasted metallic. I couldn't taste food. So it was, it was so debilitating. I also couldn't think well. I had a hard time making sentences even, or writing a text was really hard. It was just the most basic stuff was impossible to do. If you had to compare it to an emotion, what would it be closest to anxiety? It depends on how, what, what place I was at with the anxiety. When it was severe, it was just desperation, just 
completely not wanting to be alive. It was horrible. I don't know what you would call that emotion, but yeah, I, I was at a, completely lost. And then when anxiety was just really high, it was, it was just intensity. I don't know. Fear, dread, fear, panicky feelings. Panic, massive panic. Yeah. yeah. I think when my, um, also this is Renee, not to, to cut Cindy off, but I know when my daughter, she's dealt with uh, little bits of anxiety as well. And she always has frustration is her biggest thing. She can't figure out why she's feeling sick. She can't figure out her next steps. What's, what's actually initiating the um, anxiety. She knows that, that she's dealing with the pandemic and not finding jobs because she graduated, but she doesn't know the root cause. And so she's been very frustrated trying to figure out where it's stemming from. It almost goes back to futility. I think we try and we try and we try and nothing changes and we don't change. And when we don't get traction that we need. And I think the idea of this product that you guys have come up with, Shrink in a Box, is an opportunity to help give people traction. We, that's our big hope and our prayer for these podcasts is that for people who are, are completely stopped or for people who are, are struggling or feeling like they're falling off the wagon or their skin is crawling, you know, like you said, if we could get them traction enough of that and you just end up in this place of futility. And I don't know what, what tool, there are tools, there is hope, there is healing to be had. And that's what I would love for people to experience firsthand and put it into action. Yeah, that was one thing that I felt was when I was going through anxiety, my last episode lasted for a year and a half and I felt like it would never go away. I totally lost hope. And I feel like people should know that it's never permanent. You may, I felt like if you opened my skull and looked at my brains, it would be scrambled eggs that somebody had permanently ruined them and everything's back to normal. I feel great now. I'm happier than ever. So you can bounce back even if you think you have scrambled eggs for brains. Yeah. And you do want to bounce back because the comorbidity rate of anxiety and depression is really high. Because you, you get into that helplessness, hopelessness feeling that you get because you've been suffering for too long without any respite from that. And that can spiral, spiral down into major depressive disorder. So this is nothing to be playing around with, right? We want to take some action. Right. And one of the things that I found really difficult when I was going through my episodes was that I got to be with a therapist for an hour a week. So I was left on my own for 167 out of 168 hours in a week. And I really felt like, what was I supposed to do? I needed something to be with me. And that was another big impetus for us creating this kit is that it's got all sorts of flashcards for you to read through. And it gives you all sorts of actions you can take when you're in need, when you're panicking, how to calm you down, how to just make your life better and coloring book and a journal and fidget toys, all sorts of stuff that can give you something to do when you're in between therapy sessions. Yeah, you um, generously sent a box in. And so immediately my daughter grabs it, loved it. Okay, so these aren't just objects to distract yourself, though. There's an actual, uh, um, a real uh, experience that you have with these tools that help to self-soothe. Because I think the opposite of anxiety is what, what you want, which is peace and calm, calm that physiology. And your physiology is ramped up when you're anxious. That's just how it is. It's a threat feeling. Yeah. And the thing we were trying to do with our kit was to come at anxiety from as many angles as we can, because we found that anxiety manifests in people in different ways. So you have to kind of go through trial and error to figure out what's going to soothe you. So we have a whole bunch of different things you can use. And we tried to come at it with all five senses. So we've got some lavender mist, which you can spray. And there have been studies shown that it actually does decrease anxiety. So it's a it's a researched evidence-based and squeezy toys that it's weird. I thought, okay, somebody gave me fidget putty and I thought, okay, how can this help? This is this is just a, I've had silly putty since I was little. And if you use it, you will not want to sit down and watch a movie without it, or you won't want to do a Zoom meeting without it. It's so, it helps really take that monkey mind part of your brain that's running around and, and give it something to focus on. So yeah, so we have that and super cool visuals on our flashcards. So that will stimulate that part of your brain, help you to remember all of the techniques that you learned in therapy. So yeah, so we've really been trying to come at it from a variety of different ways and hammer it. It's a beautiful presentation too. Like right from the unboxing of it, like I love the way the artwork on the box, right? And the colorful, it kind of says hope. 
inside Thank this you. box, you know? One thing that I was not happy with when I was going through anxiety was that every time I saw something that was supposed to help me, it would be this really sad, moody person staring out a window and everything would be blue and green and depressing. And so we're we're yellow and orange and happy and colorful. Yeah, that's right. It sounds yeah. really tactile. The interesting story too about the magnet, just to give you a little bit of background on the tests, we actually sent the kits out for prototype testing and had people try it. But I have a family member who would always pull her hair out. And when she got stress or anxiety, she would pull chunks of her hair out. So without even knowing, I gave her one of these kits and she was talking to a friend of hers on Zoom, actually. And that individual said, do you realize that you've been playing with the magnets, the clicking sound, she was soothed by the clicking sound of the magnets and rolling in her fingers, that she did not touch her hair or pull it out for over an hour talking on the Zoom call. And the individual she was talking to actually noted that and said, do you realize you haven't even touched your hair or pulled your hair? So it is, it's amazing how these different aspects that we put into the kit actually reflect and actually help individuals. What was it that led you from your own experience to this idea, which I can only imagine is yet another step forward of putting it into action. Cindy and I go back to U of M, we're um, college roommates, and we were kind of at a crossroad with our careers where we wanted to try to do a business and we were kind of tossing around different ideas. And I actually, she had mentioned the anxiety aspect that she had been struggling with. And I have a college senior at the time, and I have another individual, another son of mine that's in college. And they have told me that a lot of their friends are dealing with anxiety, especially during the pandemic, as far as being away from home, being online classes, there's no commencements, they can't find jobs. So this, the anxiety level is, is astronomical right now. So a lot of their friends have been struggling with the anxiety. So I mentioned that to Cindy, she had told me her story. And we kind of went off of that. And since I have the business background, I added the business portion to it, she added her, her actual experience, and we kind of rolled with it and, and developed it over the past year. That's powerful. So I ended up going to this partial hospitalization program. And I remember being in the program and there was this girl who had a laminated piece of paper that had one DBT skill on it. So that's dialectical behavior therapy, which is one of the crucial therapies for people who are going through anxiety. And all of us in the group that were in the program saw her laminated paper with this DBT skill on it. And we treated it like gold. We all said, how did you get that? We want one. And, and I was so enthralled with, oh, you could laminate these things and have them organized. And so I was inspired to make my own set so that I could have all the skills that I had learned on hand and organized and ready to go instead of I was getting these handfuls of worksheets and things every time I would take a class and they were all disorganized and crazy. And I thought, we have anxiety. Why are these not organized? Why isn't somebody putting them together? For this is us? not helping. Right? I know. I thought, okay, I get their stuff in there, but help me. I'm, I'm in trouble. So yeah, so it was really important to me to organize things and make it as easy as possible to use. So if you're going through anxiety, if you have panic, you can get to your skills super fast. So yeah, that was part of the motivation for me just to, I just wanted it. I wanted the, the information organized for me. And Cindy and I, Cindy can contest this. We've tried numerous runs at this and we've had different aspects where we would bring something together. We'd meet on it and change it and then adapt it and change the colors, change what was written. We want it to be user-friendly. So we've even changed size of things so you can take it with you easily. If you don't want to, you can put it right in your purse if you want or take it in your pocket. So we've done a lot of different aspects of reviewing this kit and having people's input and trying to find the best that we think at this, at this point in the, in the junction of the kit that we can move forward and offer it to people that would be helpful. I love how interactive you've made it, the kit itself and the whole process of arriving to where you have it now. And it's, it's really an organic kind of a thing. My question is, Cindy, I heard you talk about it briefly before and wanted to know, it seems like there's a spiritual component to it. And I wondered if you would be able to share about that because anxiety is not just a psychological affective disorder or season or, you know, depending on severity, but there's a spiritual component to it and to getting out of it. Yeah, I found it kind of startling when I would listen to your sermons, Matt, and you would say things that I'd go, oh, I have that in the kit. There were so many times that your sermons and our kit overlapped. It was weird. And it, I didn't really realize how much spirituality 
is geared towards reducing anxiety until you said something about the Bible has 365 times that it mentions fear not or something of that ilk. And I thought, oh, wow, okay, God is really behind us losing our anxiety. Yeah, it made me feel a whole lot better about what we were doing. Ever since I started going to your church, I've been trying to make sure that I'm doing God's will and being aligned with God. And I felt like, oh, well, that seems like we're we're getting close. I'm get, I might be doing something of, of value. So yeah, there's so much stuff. It seems like for me, I was, I've been writing this, what I call a recipe book for recovery. So I have interviewed a whole bunch of different people who've recovered from anxiety and then written down the steps they took to recover. I wrote my recipe and it was a third medication, a third therapy and a third church. And by doing church at Dexter United Methodist, I felt like I suddenly had a huge hole that was empty filled that helped to resolve my anxiety. And I've tried other churches. So I feel like we shouldn't just tell people, yeah, go to church and, you're, and it's, your problems are solved. You have to find the right match, kind of like dating people. Because not all churches are supportive of, of mental health, I don't think. I don't know that that's a, a true across the board, that you can get mental health by going to church. Um, listen to um, today's podcast. We talked all about that with a pastor, Jeff Black. And we, so you're asking good questions. We tried to address it. I just started listening to that before we got on to it. Yeah. That's powerful. Renee, how, is that, how has this impacted you as somebody who's, you know, with family members and just from a spiritual standpoint for you yourself? Well, for me, I've struggled a lot over the past year with some family members who have really, I want to say, struggled severely, hit rock bottom with some anxiety issues and addictions that they've had. So for me, it's been a challenge to remain positive, to help them out, to try to see, keep them on the positive side while still juggling my whole life and knowing that it's impacting my life one way or the other. So I have always been a strong member. <laughs> In fact, my husband's Methodist, I'm Catholic, but I've been a strong member of going to my church. And to me, it's, it's therapeutic when I go every week, because if I didn't have that outlet or something to address and actually talk to or listen on sermons, then I think this situation I've been in over the last year and a half would be just debilitating just on, a, on your personality and on your, your issues in life and how you face things, because it's just been so draining and you have to remain positive for them, but it takes a toll on the family and how it interacts with different family members. So for me, this, I guess my main focus on the kit also is helping people and wanting to not only put our creativity and our backgrounds and what God's been given us to bring forward to people, but to actually put it together with Cindy and bring it out to other people to make an impact and actually have some good come out of this. If I'm going to spend all this time working on a business or putting my efforts towards something, if I can walk away and at the end of the day, feel good about what we've done and it's actually impacted people, even if it impacts one versus a hundred, I'd be happy. You know, that's such, I think you just named the solution. One of the ways out of, of this futility, which is kind of the response of trying, 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 or as a caregiver, watching, 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 feeling helpless, feeling that anything you say, it's not going to be right. It's not going to be enough. Um, there's a whole level of suffering in caregiving that, that we're really only just beginning to name, at least within theological circles and pastoral care kind of a circles. But the other thing that you mentioned in terms of, of plugging in spiritually is, is the importance of ritual. And Marty, I don't know if you want to say something about, have you done any research in terms of the psychology of, of ritual, the importance, which I think, you know, so many people have lost during COVID and shutdown, not being able to have celebrations, not being able to mark significant occasions in their lives with other people. And I think that it has led to this incredible level of anxiety across our country, which brings out all kinds of great things in people, right? And the the idea of having so much of that re reduced from our lives. Yeah, there's a vast literature on that. Look, reality is complicated. Our world's complicated. Rituals help us not just think symbolically, but behave and em embody the symbolism where there's so much more information that we can feel and know tacitly crystallize in things like ritual, like, like taking communion, um, sign of the cross, if people are doing that stuff. The rhythms are important too. Sunday, we do this. I mean, we don't, we're not, we follow the, the liturgical calendar that matters because it says to us, you are in a different period of the season. Know who you are, what you're supposed to do in this season. 
very old, old effective knowledge and wisdom that we can access. And it has tremendously, and we talk about it every week, tremendous healing effects, psychological healing, physical healing effects on it. As they start to disappear, they don't just go away, right? Nature abhors a vacuum. Something else comes in. We have shows on that and we'll have more shows on what's replacing it and then what we're getting instead of what we hope to have. Right. The other thing that really inspires me about what Renee and Cindy are doing is the therapy that is involved in serving, finding a need, seeing a need that probably you have yourself, but seeing it in someone else and finding a way to serve someone else. You know, that's so core to I, the Christian message and, and so many other faith traditions messages. And anxiety is a major reason why people won't do that, even when they want to do that. Because anxiety, when we're anxious, you know, we're self-conscious. Social anxiety is, is one of the top anxiety uh, that, that are reported, okay, and treated. Because social anxiety is like, oh, you know, I got this drive to be around people, but I, I don't, who'd want to be around me? I feel uh, insecure and unsafe. What do I have to offer kind of thoughts and ways of being? So if you really want to connect with people in the way that you're talking about, Matt, which is very, very, very important, then anxiety is going to be a barrier to that. That's why shrink in the box is, is a really good step forward into getting people in a condition where they'll, they'll willingly, if not, you know, maybe a little bit of apprehension, but we can deal with that. Confidence is the opposite of anxiety. Don't you think? What does confidence feel like? When you're, when you're in a confident state of being, what happens to your breathing, your muscles, your, your mind? You know, Cindy, you mentioned earlier, you know, my thoughts were kind of disorganized. Yeah, confidence and peace seem to go together to me. Yeah. And when you're talking about doing things for other people to help with your anxiety, that's a huge one that we've got flashcards promoting that also complimenting other people that also helps with just raising your self-esteem. When you compliment others, you realize that you have value and you can get other people to feel better. You know, one of the things they talk about with how to boost your confidence is that you master something, you master a skill. And I remember when I was really feeling down about myself, I thought I can't master anything. And then I realized one thing I could master was complimenting others. I could do things for other people and make other people feel good. And that gave me value. So I think there's, there's a lot that you can do with that kind of stuff. And, and some of those tasks are right in the box, in the shrink in the box, right? They are. It's so proactive and it's come out of your own experiences. Yeah. And what I have found is that if you have a tendency toward anxiety, you have to be proactive. I think you have to picture it like somebody who has a tendency to gain weight. So you are always going to be careful that you're eating the right foods. And with anxiety, you have to be careful with what you're putting in your head. And you just have to accept that that's, that's going to be your new daily habit so that you can stay healthy. What's your favorite? And it probably changed as you changed using the box, right? Because you, you, some things work and get you to the next space. And now you're ready to do the next thing. For you, was there like a trajectory that you that you noticed that you're following that you'd go to this and then, or did you use many of them simultaneously? So, because to me, you could really kind of customize that whole box depending on what you need and how you use it. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I go to the box all the time. I actually use it daily. There's an endorsement for you. <laughs> I do. I know. Right. It, it actually does work. I know you think, oh, we put this together and then you do use it yourself and go, what the heck? We made something that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always nice when that happens. But like we have flashcards in there, which are my favorite thing. And when I read through them, I, it takes five minutes to read through a deck of flashcards. And I always calm down after five minutes. So I find it kind of amazing that 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 quickly you can shift your whole mindset. I read there was this study where it was at uh, NYU, I think they had students read a list of depressing words and then walk down the hall and hand the sheet back to somebody at the reception desk. And they timed how long it took people to walk down the hall. And the students who read depressing words 
took significantly longer to walk down the hall than students who read upbeat words. And so I it made me realize how if you just read a list of upbeat sayings, it impacts you instantly. So there's stuff like that. There's just lists of great mantras to, to repeat, to up make your moods shift instantly. There's lots of stuff like that. And my favorite thing to do is I watch Shepherd in the Shrink podcasts and we have a coloring book and I color in the coloring book. I've gone through the whole book, colored everything. So that's what I do when I'm listening to you guys. How had you reached out to each other? That had to be a part, that had to be a, a step forward in the midst of caregiving with anxiety folks or experiencing the anxiety yourself obviously you guys were old friends and that's therapy right there through thick and thin but how did how did you get to a new level of we're going to create something together i had worked with renee when we were in a sorority together at u of m and i was rush chairman and she was one of my party chairs and she was so awesome to work with. I think I had four party chairs and Renee was the one that I could count on for everything. And I remember saying to Renee, I will do any business you think of with you. Whatever you come up with, I will do it with you. And we talked about party planning and we had all sorts of ideas come and I said, well, I'm gonna be doing this anxiety thing regardless. I didn't think she'd be interested in it. And yeah, and then in the end, because her family has had issues too, which is pretty much true of everybody we meet, everyone has it. Every family. Yeah, I just read the CDC said in August that anxiety has tripled since 2020 in the United States. So it's gone up that much. It's just so common. It's ridiculous. It's it's more of an epidemic than COVID. It was an epidemic before COVID. COVID now with COVID and all of those stressors and, fe and feeling trapped. You know, many of you have mentioned this. Like negative emotions are fine if we can complete them in some way you know, wait them out. But when we feel trapped in a negative emotion, that's where that sense of helplessness and hopelessness comes in. And now you're on a very dangerous path. Yeah, that was one thing that I noticed both times I had a bout of anxiety and depression was that when I thought there was no hope and I couldn't figure out an answer to my problems, that things got really black. And one thing that I would love for anybody going through it that's listening right now is to tell them that there's always an answer. Usually when you're going through anxiety, it's because you're not allowing yourself to accept the answer that will help you. And that's what happened to me both times. There was some answer that I needed to listen to, but I wouldn't allow myself to do it. And, and by having a breakdown, my body was forcing me to, to look at that answer. I have a question for you, Cindy. Now in hindsight and in reflection, how do you think about or evaluate that painful period or those painful periods in your life? What do they mean to you now? Oh, it's so the first thing that jumps to my mind is that I've heard people talk about having anxiety and how they would never give it up, that even though it was the worst time in their life, it taught them so much that they wouldn't go back. So I do see um, the benefit in those experiences. I don't know that I would never give it up, but it's made me realize how how stubborn I am and how much I don't listen to my feelings. So I'm trying to get better in the, on both those accounts. And then the other thing too, is that I have really felt burdened by feeling like I need to be a success. I was voted most likely to succeed in high school. And, and so I've had that feeling like I have to either do something where I'm famous or I have to make a crap load of money. And because of having anxiety, I now feel like I have to redefine success and that I want success to be more of trying to be the most loving person I can be, trying to be the kindest person I can be and forget about what society says is success. That is a very Christian message, isn't it? Do not conform. Weirdly, it dovetails, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. It's, yeah. It's, it's, and you have a value shift, right? You're born again. It's, you, your values began to shift did shift from the worldly stuff that is promised to give us pe that peace that we want, never delivers, sometimes takes us in the opposite direction. Then you go away from the world to the most important things and you have a, you're a different person with different values and different ways of seeing the world and being in the world. It's hard to keep that mindset though. It's amazing how much society pushes back. Because every time you talk about success, I don't, you can't hear people talk about success and have it be anything but, oh, they make X dollars per year. So you really have to be reinforcing that new belief. I think that's why going to church every week, I feel like, okay, I need that message. You could say the same thing every week and I still need to hear it over and over every week. 
I actually more than every week. I need it more than that. <laughs> I have a Wednesday group too, which is, I probably need a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday group too, but. Yeah. So, so mental health is an ongoing process. I mean, we used to have the disciplines more of part of our lives um, because we need repetition. We get good at what we practice, practice negative thinking for a few months you're going to get good, you know, they're going to wire together and they're going to fire together and you're going to be, it's going to be your, your go-to. What I like about shrink in the box is that all sorts of opportunities to practice something that is health enhancing. Yeah. One of the things that has really helped me when I'm using the kit is that we've got a journal that you're supposed to write in every night and it has you reflect on the day and set up what you're going to do for the next day. And it, uh, you write down three things you're grateful for, which I heard people talk about this so often and finally did it. And it's so eye-opening. It's so, It changes your perspective on the world when you do it every night. Every night you remind yourself, oh, thank God for this. Grateful, grateful, grateful. It, ch- it totally changes your perspective of your life. And then another thing is to how it's so important that you love yourself. I find I have a ton of resistance towards loving myself. And so I encourage people to think of reasons why they're proud of themselves. And I have a hard time doing that. I just, when you, but when you do it every day, every night I go, okay, what are some reasons why I'm proud of myself? It totally changes my perspective on of my life. One thing that's helped me think about, you know, even Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, which means there's a call to love yourself, which sounds so awkward. I, it's not, I don't think it's just a guy thing, but what the way I kind of translate that or kind of own that is enjoy yourself. And that doesn't just mean be amused for a while. To enjoy yourself means like I can crack myself up. I can, I can drive myself crazy, but it seems like the shrink in the box is a way that you can experience joy and, and literally enjoy yourself as you see how you're reacting how you're working through how certain things grab you gravitate towards in the box and certain things aren't for you right now and at the end of the day to think i have enjoyed going through this day with myself and i think that's a way of of explaining loving yourself yeah it's it's joyful and playful and there's some beauty in it like beautiful smells and sights and and i think that just the fact that you're taking care of yourself is being gentle with yourself that has a positive effect renee what's your favorite thing about the shrink in the box it's kind of twofold i was i was just actually thinking when you were speaking about for me the best thing I like about the box and listening to Cindy and how it's been impacting everybody is the inspiration it brings. Because being on the outside, watching somebody who's actually struggling with anxiety and actually looking like or feeling like they have no self-worth, it's very hard to watch knowing that they have worth and trying to get them to understand that. So the the biggest thing I liked about this, this box was one, like we've already talked about, it's very colorful and there's a lot going on. There's all different senses, but it's something somebody can do in their own time, in their quiet time at 3 a.m. if they're having a panic attack, which I think is inspirational. It's not, it's, you know, you're not always on with everybody in the room. Sometimes you're by yourself and feeling even more alone when you don't have that self-esteem. So for me, I've, I enjoyed the fact that we can put something together to give to people that they can utilize 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it actually would make an impact. I personally love the coloring book and all the different aspects. I have a design background. So for me, I enjoy that and all the different scenarios and different places that we actually developed in the coloring book locations. If you go through, it shows you different locations in the world. And so for me, I just think it's colorful and it's kind of soothing to actually take the crayons and, and put, put some color to those drawings. What an alternative to grabbing your phone. Exactly. Exactly. I wish my kids would have that around. They could do it more often. We always colored when they were little. I used to force them. They used to say, why are we doing this? And then it caught on. Right. So I'm a bit advocate of doing some design and actually doing something besides being just all electronic, even though that's the age we're in. But uh, just the other day I was telling Cindy, I made him go outside and go. It was probably 10 degrees and we all went sledding down the hill. Right. So I haven't done that since I was little. So, <laughs> but to me, there's more to life than just the, the phone. Right. So you want your kids to experience everything. So but it is kind of debilitating when you're watching um, individuals struggle and go through things, especially loved ones. And you're, you, you understand it to a level, but until you're really in the thick of it, you don't understand what they're going through. And you might say, oh, it's easy, pull yourself out of it. But from being the outside, it's, there's not a lot of areas that they feel like they can go for help. 
So for us, if this adds even a little tool, obviously it's not going to replace going to therapy and things like that. But if it adds some kind of concept and tool to help an individual with the shrink in the box, then we've done our job and we'll be happy with that. It's such a way out of the futility that we started that word that just hit me as we were coming into this awesome tool that could be used by people, that could be used by God to reach people. As a psychologist, I wanted to go back to what you said about the difficulty that people have often have loving themselves. And there is that line in scripture that Matt mentioned, love your neighbor as yourself. Early on with me, I realized in America, at least in what I'm seeing here, friends, family, patients, it could be written the other way. Love yourself as you love your neighbor. Because we certainly give more grace to others than ourselves. We also would never pick out a flaw in someone else that we're picking out in ourselves. We would never be as negative and judgmental about others as we are to ourselves. I remember Matt saying, love your neighbor as yourself in one of his sermons. And I thought, oh, you don't want that. <laughs> if I loved people the way I love myself, ooh. Right. So I say, let's flip it over for us for a <laughs> while and let's it. love yeah. ourselves. And, and so if we wouldn't make a big deal out of a mistake that I, when we would console them, you know, seriously too, and genuinely, come on, man, that's not that bad. But then we're doing it to ourselves. In order for compassion to be completed, to be completed, to have integrity, it has to be everywhere. It has to be compassion for self and others. But people oftentimes treat animals better than they treat themselves. You know, they care for them better and give them passes and they don't yell at them when they make mistakes. But to ourselves, we can be really vicious. I've always been interested and never had a really good response on why that seems to be our tendency. What do you guys think about that? You following me? You tracking this? What are your thoughts about that? I have been this way. I have been hard on myself since I was born. I don't know any other way. I'm not sure why that's how I'm built. And if that's just a character thing, mm. people are born that, no, it's not ubiquitous. No, it's ubiquitous. I see it all the time. People are, are, are tyrannical to themselves even. They'll hold things against themselves that they did in junior high. Yeah, I really noticed that on one of our class reunions. I, people weren't I was asking, you going to go or not? No, I'm not going to go. And then when I really got into, well, why not? And a lot of the times it was, they're ashamed of how they treated other people. Now, those people, it probably wasn't as bad as they thought, though. You know what I mean? That other person probably, oh, you, were, you were in sixth grade. I forgot about that. Or I don't remember that kind of thing. I once apologized to someone and I didn't want to tell her what I said to her. She goes, I don't remember anything. No, tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm like, I know I shouldn't have brought it up. Now I got to tell her what I did. But this, it was bothering me and not her. But I've noticed too, with having kids right now with the, it's frustrating with social media because kids are a lot more open with words than they used to be. You used to think twice being in front of somebody and saying something negative to them, but now it's so hidden behind social media that I try to remind my kids, your words have impact and your words, even though you may not mean them the way you're stating them really can affect somebody. You don't know what anybody's life is. And when they're on their own in their own time and something that you think is trivial that you state to somebody in passing could really make or break that person's day. So I think we have to be very careful on words and just because somebody seems all put together, you have no idea what they're doing at home and behind closed doors. You have no idea how self-confident they are. They may appear that way, but there's always different sides of people. So I think that's something that everybody should be so conscious of. And I think you are harder on yourself than others are because you, you would never act that way or you try to be a good person, not act that way to other people. Well, help me though. Why? Why I struggle with this. I think about it all the time. Why is it that way? I mean, we're both people, same under God's eyes, in God's eyes. I think sometimes you have aspirations for yourself too, that you feel that you want to hit certain levels. Now, whether it be from individuals telling you should be there, like Cindy was saying, or if you're trying to achieve a certain status or a certain place in your life, and then you just get knocked down where you start taking it personally. And, and even though those hurdles might be fabricated and they're not really something that you have to attain, I think sometimes you're just harder on yourself that way because you've had this fictitious point in your head that somebody's told you you had to achieve or yourself, you've, you've told yourself you had to achieve. Yeah, but if they didn't do it, it wouldn't be a big deal. But if we, I just wonder like how much pride is into that. Cause I'll say that to a patient once in a while when they're being like that. And I'm going, well, would you, if, if, if I did that, would you think of me that way? No. Well, why are you, do you think you're like somehow better than me? Like you should have these like lofty goals and you shouldn't have those for me because I certainly couldn't meet those, but you're supposed to. And so when you don't, you get angry. And if I didn't, you'd be like, well, of course you can't do it. I'm talking about me. 
I mean, there's a little bit of egocentrism that we are not aware of, I think, sometimes in that. Because, I mean, come on, make a mistake. It's all right. Doesn't it's tyrannical. Yeah. It's tyrannical. And scripture even talks about spiritual warfare, which I think is exactly what we're kind of talking around. And um, the self-doubt and the self-deprecation and the, the self-loathing. Notice the first half of each of those words is self. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's so- what I love about what Cindy and Renee have done with the shrink in a box is uh, not that you not that you were there when you were working on this and realizing this is something for other people was to help get your eyes off yourself to be gentle with yourself to enjoy yourself and the incredibly unique mix that God has put together that makes up who you are um, and and you are a treasure to be one and Christianity from a Christian worldview would say you were worth God laying his life down for your life. That's how redeemable you are. You know, we think of redeeming a coupon. You've been, you've been bought twice. You know, you were made and then you were bought again by, by Christ. We would say from the Christian worldview, because you're that valuable that God wants to win you back to himself. I love too how you talked about the different talents everybody has. There was a survey that went through church to check out, have everybody try and figure out what their specific talent was. And when you think about yourself from that perspective, that God gave everybody little talents, different talents, then you feel like, oh, okay, you have something to offer that's unique and special as opposed to, oh, I'm so bad. I'm not as good as I went through a phase. This is so weird. I met a friend of mine is friends with Tom Cruise's lawyer. And I went through a phase where I felt terrible about myself because I was not Tom Cruise's lawyer. I thought I'm so worthless. You know, cool people are lawyers for Tom Cruise and I'm not. And when I think about it now, it's like, that is stupid. <laughs> That's really stupid. <laughs> and, what was I thinking? Because right? I have never wanted to be a lawyer. I have no skills in that. So when you, when you look at your life from the other perspective of, okay, what are my skills? What can, do I have to offer? It's so, so much better. You feel so much relief and you feel like you're actually of value. That was one of the things I really had to overcome was this idea of that I I never felt like I had value just because I existed. And when I thought about, okay, if a baby is born and you see a car is about to drive over this newborn baby, you want to save the baby. The baby has value. The baby has not become Tom Cruise's lawyer. The baby hasn't done anything and the baby has value. And when I think about my life in that perspective, I think, okay, I just intrinsically have value having done nothing, which is hard to, it's hard to get there, but. It's a different value system than our world's value system, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, yeah. Fun, it's funny when you're talking about like how you're individually thinking about yourself versus out, outwardly thinking about somebody else, because when Cindy talks and I'm listening to her, I've always put Cindy as, and she's always been bubbly. She's creative. She's outgoing. She's got the whole package, right? So it's, for me, it's so funny that she, it's not funny, but it's hard for me to understand that she doesn't see that at times. Because to me, I see that all the time. So it's interesting how that personal inner voice tells you things that other people really don't think of or believe. So, but it is kind of debilitating when you're feeling that way. And even though people tell you that all the time and tell you how wonderful you are, because they see it on the outside, you have to really believe it and know it in your heart that that's, you do have a lot to offer. There's a great saying by a Catholic nun that says, Lord, help me believe the truth about myself, no matter how wonderful it is. (laughs) nice i'm writing that one down i know i like that (laughs) lord help me believe the truth about myself no matter how wonderful it is isn't that cool and god just delights and he delights in creating is what we what we would say from a judeo-christian worldview you guys have a launch or something coming up don't you of something oh we do on uh, february 23rd we're actually going to have the product reveal so we're actually going to put it out on facebook and start introducing the shrinking the box kit to everybody to let them know about what we're offering and what it entails on the kit. And we're doing a special feature that day that we're doing a bonus offer for anybody that buys our deluxe kit that day. We're doing 25% off and we're actually going to have it over the whole month of March. And we're trying to reach as many people as we can. So our goal is to put it out there and actually share with friends and let them share with friends and actually think about individuals that might benefit from the anxiety kit and try to get the word out so it impacts as many people as we can have. Yeah, because we learned that one out of five people have anxiety disorders. So if you know five people, one of them might need a kit. You, there's somebody you know that needs it. And it might be you. It might Splurge be you. on yourself. 
you may be the one out of the five. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> also think though, because anxiety is a stress-related emotion that even if you're overly stressed, we don't want to go into a full-blown blown disorder. Buy it for that reason. I wish I would have taken care of my mental health before it became a crisis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Being healthy as you can possibly be and then meeting the stress and um, having the, a daily practice. I could imagine this could sit at the nightstand and be, uh, I'm going to spend 10 minutes in shrink in the box. And it makes you feel better. You, it's it's sort of like having a mental massage. You know, it's like, oh, I feel creamy now that I read all this. So it's not like doing sit-ups. You know, you know, you're going to be better after you do it. You'll feel good when you do it. So yeah, put it by your bed. Really, the fidget toys are addicting too. Once you start playing with them, you can't put them down. So I just have it next door to, to my bed where I just pull out the putty or the magnets. And even the squishy star, I find myself, if I'm on Zoom calls or talking on the phone, that I just constantly have it in my hand. So it's amazing how much uh, impact and soothing it actually brings to you by using just some of the kit items. I remember a famous call-in radio psychologist would end a lot of the calls saying, keep making healthy choices. Was that Joy Brown? Because Laura Schlesinger says, now go take on the day. Yeah. Yeah, she said both. <laughs> Do the right thing, right? It was her. <laughs> Is that all? Yeah, we get good at what we practice. So if you're stressed a lot, guess what's going to happen? That's going to be reinforced through repetition after repetition. So a little bit of this stuff goes a long way if you use it regularly is what I find. And, and also if we wanna look for mechanisms, I mean, think about it. When we are having anxiety, what you mentioned, Cindy, is like there's some adrenaline, too much adrenaline, you get cortisol. Cortisol is a stress related. It's, it's what wakes us up in the morning. It has its own circadian rhythm. But to just start to train calm in a fun way, in a very reinforcing, positively reinforcing way, there's some beauty in the kit. There are some new ideas. We like new ideas because then we can think about them and reinterpret in a more, you know, rational, helpful way. It's just the movement to get the tension out of you. I mean, this this is probably if you were to study it, working on so many levels. And one of the things that we've been saying too is that we want to make mental health as important as dental health. So it kind of pisses me off that people will will get their teeth checked every six months. But there's nothing like that for mental health. And we need that so much more because I looked it up. There were two cases of someone that died from an abscessed tooth and there are 800,000 people a year die from suicide. So why are we, right? Forget the teeth, go check out your mental health. Why is that not a bigger importance, you know? I think you should put some um, nitric oxide in the kit. <laughs> that's what yeah, that's Because that's what dentists do to get you in the chair. <laughs> All right, you get a free toothbrush in it. <laughs> and a can of whipped cream. Oh, geez. Here we go. Oh, yes. Bring this down. Well, we've had two. I know, Cindy, the um, statistic that we found that once people had utilized the kits, we had 89% of our users state that they had a reduction in anxiety by just using the kit one time, which we thought was exciting that we, once we got the feedback. So there's been data that we've been researching that actually are proving that this kid is reaching people. So I love that. And what you're talking about and what you've done yourselves, both of you, you know, even with such interesting careers already under your belts, what you've done is so proactive. I was sitting here thinking the opposite of futility, which just makes you want to give up would be what proactivity, hope and hope. Right. And the idea that even when you completely don't want to do anything, or you can't settle down to do one thing. This is such a way out of that futility. Yeah, and one of the things I've found too with mental health is it's so important that you advocate for yourself. One of the problems right now is there aren't enough mental health professionals to help all the people in need. So I found when I would have appointments scheduled I'd get a call the day before my appointment, sometimes an hour before, and it would be canceled. And then it wouldn't get rescheduled until another month. And so you kept getting, I kept getting put off and people were trying to help me, but I felt abandoned over and over again. And so as a person who had no self-esteem, self-loathing, all of that, I had to tell myself, you have to fight for yourself to get the help you need, or you're not going to survive. And I think that's something a lot of people need to learn is you have to advocate for yourself, even when you feel like you're not worth advocating for. 
really during COVID, I think it's even more of a, an issue because it seems like obviously you're not meeting in person, but the Zoom calls itself, those get canceled, like she said, all the time. So I think adding them pandemic on top of what we already had issues struggling with is really adding to the, the whole entire view in the society right now, what people are being frustrated and dealing with. Why were they why were they being canceled? That's not typical in the practices I see. Why were they being canceled? Oh my gosh, it happened to me so often. And it would always be I had I had it was mostly um a psychiatrist that I had who was so busy. You had to schedule appointments with her a month in advance. And then she would cancel right before my meeting. So then I'd have to wait another month. It happened over and over. And I thought, I can't, I can't, I'm gonna be on my own. I need something to help me while I'm on my own between appointments. Yeah, it happened a lot. So I don't know if I'm if that's rare, but it's not typical. I mean, we're pretty careful to not, I mean, I had an eye exam just rescheduled, but but in, in our field, I mean, you, you got some bad luck there. I know that they're overwhelmed a lot of places, but I wouldn't want anyone listening to be discouraged or think that that's going to happen as regularly to you. It happens. What I love about it is that you've completely turned it around. That's old history. It's old news. It, you've been proactive and you've you've chosen to be empowered. And that had to be a huge battle just to take a first step or a second step or a new step to reach out to a friend to say, hey, God laid this project on me. What do you think of this? And it's tricky to reach out to friends too, because a lot of people do not understand mental health. They don't get what you're going through when you're going through. You just look lazy. You look like you're fine. And so a lot of people have a very negative response when you talk about it. So Brene was very cool about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times everybody needs a friend like Renee. A lot yeah. of times they don't know what to do. They want to fix it real fast because they don't want to see you suffer. So you'll hear platitudes and minimization and things like that. It's certainly not helpful. It's discouraging, but that's what I love about this kit. You, you know, from the outside, it might say, "Oh, that's a bunch of platitudes or something," but it's completely not. It's from people who have worked with it, people who have worked through it, people who are working in it, and and that's why I'm really excited about the shrink in the box. To come up with what went in the kit, I interviewed so many people who had recovered from anxiety and there, there's one deck of flashcards in particular, which are all of the tips that people who've recovered found the most useful. So it's all things that really worked for people. It's not something that somebody came up with in a, a university setting and that they were just trying to please their professor and get an A. It's actual, this is what works for people in, the, in real life. And along those lines, I was telling Cindy, one of my goals down the line is we really are looking at, I'd like to see it rolled out to universities as well, and actually either be in the entrance kit or in their bookstores or something where we can touch students as well, because I think a lot of students are dealing with this, but they there's a negative faux pas about talking about it. Like she said, sometimes it's perceived as negative, and so many people are dealing with this, and I think it's like that... Uh, when you're sitting in a classroom and nobody wants to raise their hand because they think they're going to, you know, say something stupid. Everybody in the whole room has the exact same question. So you need that one person. You're right. You have to that one person to step forward and, and actually make the initiative. But I would love to see it down the line. That's kind of one of our future goals is to get it out more across between the different offices and therapy sessions and individuals per se, but also the college students, I think, couldn't really benefit from it. Yeah, that's a demographic that's getting hit really hard right now. Right. And having two college kids, I know it. <laughs> yeah, 18 to 24. Boy, it's a mess. And we don't know how bad it is yet because it, the data lag for a while, but we can see it on the ground is being reported from physicians, psychologists, other people too. If you have want to say something, because I want to get into you know how people, they're going to want to take a look at this right now. So first, if is there anything that we're missing out that you want to put out there and say before you can, before you tell us how we can start taking a look at these items and the, the, the boxes? One thing we've tried very hard to do is to get everything that's in the kit manufactured in the United States, just to reduce carbon footprint. That is hard. So we've done that as much as possible. We have our colored pencils are made from recycled newspaper, which is really cool. I didn't know you could do that. So like squished newspaper makes a, a pencil. And we've tried to have absolutely no plastic in our kit. So we're doing our best to stay as green as possible. There's a teeny bit of plastic. We have temporary tattoos that have upbeat sayings on them. There's plastic on those. <laughs> and I'm pissed about that, but we're going to figure it out. <laughs> Just get a real one. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. So we've been pretty conscious about how the items in the kit and how we go forward and how it's impacting not only mental mm -hmm. health, but in the environment and things like that. So I love how thoughtful it is and how careful and meticulous and 
and creative you guys have been in putting these kits together. If I wanted to take a look, is there a website or what's the best way? Drinkinthebox.com. That's got everything. It's got some GIFs so you can see people using the products in motion and it covers everything pretty thoroughly, I think. Shows all our options of the kits. It shows our background story. It shows the individual products and how they're being utilized. Like she said, we have a little bit of GIFs in there. We're going to end up putting hopefully a video that we made on there that actually talks about the product itself and how it's impacting people. We so filmed that at the Dexter Church. Beautiful. Yes, we did. We did. Yeah. So, so, so no hyphens, no dots, just shrinkinthebox.com. Yes. And make sure it's the box. Some people, there's another website, the box. the box, which is not us. Yeah, we are the box. Oh, like okay. Jack in the box. Jack in you're the not box. just shrink in the box. We are yeah, you're the, not box. the box. The <laughs> box. Right. We have a website or a uh, email too that's shrinkinthebox.llc at gmail.com. So if anybody uh, actually has wants to put their email address down and they want some more additional uh, information on kits or want to be part of the, the bonus offer where we're offering, you know, the first 25% off of the first hundred kits. We also have mugs that are coming out. So we're going to do incentives with mugs and there's a variety of different things on the website that they can see. And it's on, uh, tw- did I hear the 23rd of February? Yep. All right, man. That's, that's a mark, ma- mark your calendar. Any social media we can follow? Yep. So we have, we have it at trick in the box on Facebook and Instagram as well as Twitter. And hopefully I'm going to be doing a couple excerpts showing the kit itself on TikTok, which seems to be really big with the college students. So I'd like to actually go down those lines. So everybody, we're hitting all different avenues, but the 23rd on Facebook, we're actually doing the reveal and we're going to have it basically over the whole entire month of March, trying to get the word out about the kits and offering incentives through the whole month. Right. Instead of March madness, we're saying it's March mellowness. There you go. <laughs> That's something I can get behind. We have a parade for that one. Slow exactly. one. Slow, Slow one. Slow, gentle parade. And well, hey, thank you so much. And will you come back on? You think you'll come back on as uh, as it starts to develop? I think it'll be really successful. Well, thank you. Yes, this was painless. Yeah, thank you. I would love to. Thanks for taking the time and giving us the uh, opportunity to speak to individuals and tell them about it because that's one of that's one of the biggest challenges I think is trying to get it out so people know about it, right? So, the more promotion we get to help people and make an impact, the you know the more we've done our due diligence with developing the kit. People already know they need to buy toilet paper, but people don't know that they need to buy a mental health kit. So we have to people that they need to buy in right and you know what's going to happen if there's another pandemic there's going to be a run on these just like there was on toilet paper <laughs> let's hope you won't be able to find them um, next pandemic's toilet paper right yeah, that's here. right well and actually it's funny you bring that up because we have been pushing our limits on trying to get this out because of the pandemic we've realized there's such an issue with anxiety right now that we don't want to this is the perfect time to introduce it right so we've been actually burning the candle on both ends trying to get all our pieces in a row and getting it all manufactured bring it in put it together and trying to reveal it because this is the time I think people really need this kit. So true. Definitely a conscious effort. Plenty of time because there's a big old mess that is going to need to be cleaned up that some people think will be a decade. The effects of everything, the fear, the media, the lockdowns cool. and all that. So yeah, mm-hmm. they're not going anywhere. No, unfortunately, I think we're going to be addressing this for a while. So Matt prays us out. I was wondering if Matt would bless this project and, and, and pray. I will. I will. I just want to say I really appreciate the insight that anxiety is not a dead end, that anxiety is a horrific and very real thing. You're not going crazy. And that that even when you feel like going in the opposite direction, there are proactive steps that you can take that people are taking. One of them is this shrink in the box kit. Just It's not just to fill your time. It's to help be a tool toward health. And the other thing that I, I just in, in capping this off is, is in the midst of so much futility that, that the idea of coming up with something to serve somebody else, you know, while you're waiting for your kit to arrive, find something you can do here in Michigan, go shovel something for someone, go brush off someone's car, you know, at night, in the morning, whenever, whenever you can to do something that you can. We were designed, I believe, by God that way, not just to be all in ourselves and for us to help. Even listening to this podcast, you know, or sharing it with a friend who said, hey, this hit me. 
what do you think, would be an incredible positive thing that you could be serving and pouring into somebody else. And what you guys are modeling that for us really well in and with some real professionalism with what what you've put together with so much creativity. I just want to commend you for that. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for Cindy and for Renee and for their long friendship and for your seeing us through everything that we've already been. God, it hits me every so often that I have I have survived 100% of my worst days. And, and for all the worst days to come, Lord, I'm going to look to you. And I thank you, God, that you've put uh, people on our path, friends in our journey, communities of faith, that, that we can do life together, that we can remember, that we can reclaim, that we can challenge ourselves, that we can just go and soak in. And Lord, I pray for shrink in the box. And I thank you, God, for how you can make good things come out of bad. You've done it for all eternity. And we thank you, God, so much that you've given us this opportunity for this conversation at such a time as this. And I pray a blessing on this endeavor. I pray that you would give Renee and Cindy wisdom in terms of all that has to be done to launch a product and to reach people that they could find help wherever they are and whatever it is that they're going through. Thank you so much for this podcast, for Marty, for his insight and for what you have yet to do. We lean in and we look to you for our help and our needs. Thank you, God, that your word says over and over, not just fear not, but that, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we put our trust in that. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.